Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The following is a live production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network and Real Talk 93.3. Fire up your grills. It's time for Tallahassee Game Day on Warchant TV and Real Talk 93.3. That pass is intercepted to the delight of all Seminole fans. The pick six. Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang bring you the latest news, updates, and analysis around the FSU program ahead of today's kickoff on Bobby Bowden Field. Second and three. Patient and explosive. Game day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Zaxby's, indescribably good. Now live from Florida's capital city, here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, Tallahassee Game Day. Thanks for joining us on Warchant TV and 93.3 Real, Real Talk Radio. Our thanks to... Zaxby's, of course, always. By the way, today's sideline report brought to you by Bud Light. Tallahassee Knowles, take note. This one's for you, announcing the Bud Light Sideline Experience Contest. If you're a Knoll in Tallahassee, text Bud Light, Bud Light Fan, my bad, Bud Light Fan, to 31996. That's Bud Light Fan, all one word, to 31996. If you're the lucky winner, you score two sideline passes, hospitality passes, and fan gear for the FSU-Miami game on November the 13th. Must be 21 years of age or older in order to enter. That's a winnable game. Oh, yeah. No matter what happens today or, or from well, here on. No, I'm, that's they're in trouble. They're in trouble, Mike. I think uh, Manny's going to be told to have a good day. Uh, it does seem that way. He had that look about him even before they lost the game on, on Friday night. Or Thursday night, excuse me. Well, you know, he, he, listen, we're not going to focus on them. We've got our own. Oh, yeah problems to deal with but i would say that when they beat app state by the skin of their teeth at home and, and barely pulled that off he was downright emotional and i thought ooh, times have gotten tough there i mean you, you squeak out a win against app state at home and you're emotional oh we're like uh two people on either ends of uh perhaps a bar on a tuesday it's one o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> And they're looking at each other thinking, they got problems over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the truth exactly. is you both have problems. You both have problems. It's, it's 1 o'clock on a Tuesday. Unless you're, you're on vacation. Right. Oh, it's a, it should be a work day. <laughs> <laughs> there is no vacation. Oh, my goodness You've gracious. been there for three hours already. Yeah, yeah, you know? the, the guy that opens the bar was t- putting the key in the door, and you were standing there. Yeah, he was opening, and you're like, 
<laughs> At least I'm not Tucker over there. Yeah. It's like, well, you're kind of you the same. You and Tucker are the same guy. People have come in for lunch and they're like, oh my. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All, right. All right. I see yeah. you working. Hey, tough times. That's us right now. Hey, a lot of Seminole fans woke up today and, and it's game day. Oh, sure. Yeah. If we, didn't have, if we did not have this show, <laughs> listen, if it wasn't on terrestrial radio, which we're grateful for here at our home at 93.3, yeah. oh, I think, yeah, if we were just meeting up on the interwebs, there might be a, a, a strong beverage. Oh, buddy. You know, I just saw on, on Twitter, um guy wrote in to us t- talking about this is a, a, a must win, um, and the, he didn't want to see any questionable coaches' calls or anything like that. Well, first of all, there's not a game that goes by, even with the really good teams of the world. Nick Saban's Alabama teams. There's not, not a single game in which there isn't a questionable call. I mean, coaches make mistakes. They're fallible. They're human beings. It happens. The game is played by human beings as well. Sometimes things aren't executed and makes the coach look bad. And there are a lot of things that in any one game that you can go, well, I don't know about that. But I'm not so demanding. I, I want what you want, which is a carryover from a week ago in which that sort of aggressive and, and, and the confidence and belief in what they're doing um, defensively, I want that to carry over because that is sustainable. Then all of a sudden you have something. You have something legitimate that you can hang your hat on. And I think they're close. I think they're close on that side of the ball. Now, the linebackers are just not going to be good. That's just, It's not going to happen. But everything else can operate efficiently. They can. The run fits were right last week. The aggressiveness, the triggering downhill, the leverage, everything you're asked to do to play good defensive football was on display for two and a half quarters. Okay. How about three and a half? Like, g- give, me, give me a full three. Not even four. Yeah. Just something more. Well, the problem is, though, Tom, if you have a disastrous other quarter, whichever one it is, you can lose the game. They lost the first quarter last week, overwhelmingly, and never regained you know, a foothold. They could never win the game because of all that they gave up on the first five drives of the game. As it turned out, that's all they gave up, period, for the rest of the game. Just those five drives. They were the first five. <laughs> I mean, and it was 30. Yes. You know, it wasn't it wasn't 18. Right. That's a lot. 24. That's a lot of points. It's it, very that's efficient. a lot of points. Yeah, it's a lot of points. So, you know, you you got to you got to meet me in the middle here, guys. I mean, I get it. This isn't the uh you know, you, you, this isn't the 93 defense. This isn't the 99 defense. I mean, you are going to have some problems, but you can be Sound. Let me put a little spin on the sideline report because if we have a punt returner who's within 35 yards of the line of scrimmage, Ugh. he needs to be reported to somebody on the <laughs> sidelines who can then tell him to back up before the ball is snapped. Let's make sure. That was just weird. That is a massive, massive play. And I heard the funny thing was I heard about it before I saw it. And it's one of those things when you're out of town, you're out watching every single play. And I heard you guys lament it. And then I watched the game, the flow of it, how it happened. That first half is just ghastly. And in that moment, those 30 yards we lost are unbelievably massive. What they did to field position, the leverage of everything you could call, if you, even if you wanted to get gadgety offensively, right. you're kind of pinned back. Louisville ends up having the ball again with decent field position. Don't do anything with it, but they take a valuable three or four minutes off the clock. I mean, think about that. If you had an extra four or five minutes, maybe a possession, maybe two if you're lucky, more than we had in that football game. Yeah. There's a real good chance we win it. That's where those little plays, man, we've got to, When you're this bad, you've got to be detail sound. 
And you said it this week on the show. I, you can tell us which show in a moment. But we rep the hell out of special teams. And, oh, it, and it doesn't look like it. No, that is my number one complaint that I – it's the Jeff Cameron Show, weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. I have not been as harsh. I don't know if that's true. I haven't been as um, vocal about some of the coaching problems. Um, like when, when we're losing games, there's a lot of blame to go around, and there's a lot of elements of this team that you, if you hyper-focus on, you could really – nitpick and say this is bad this is bad and not all of those things are the direct result of uh, delinquents from the coaching staff it, it's it's not that some of its ability some of its injuries some of it's a lot of different things but then there are things that are squarely on on the shoulders of the, of the coaches and I don't understand how you rep special teams as much as we rep special teams and then not be good in special teams especially since it's a calling card um, as brought up by the head coach the first credo he delivered was now they're special not teams. they're not dreadful on special teams, but they're it's not, not helping. Yeah, right, right. It's not a you plus. Need things it's not to an help. asset, Tom. It's not an <laughs> asset. Right. You need things to help. Now it's like, not coaching that Fitzgerald can't make a kick. That's not on Mike. Mike right. Mike can't make Fitzgerald make kicks. I mean mm-hmm. that kid at some point that kid has to make a damn kick. But it's the stuff like you're talking about where you misplay a ball because you're 35 yards from the line of scrimmage. Like, right. why are you there? Well, and that's it, it makes you sick when you're an opponent of a team that, that's good in special teams, and that's all you hear from the broadcasters. Oh, like with the Bears and Devin Hester back in the day, or the Cordero talking. Patterson, oh, or like, crazy. well, this guy's a threat to take it to yeah. the house. And, and you're like, good. I mean, that's all they've got? Well, I'd like to be the team that where, where the opponent goes, man, will they shut up about the special teams? I get it. They're good there. Mm-hmm. We need... Uh, outside elements. We need outside elements you gotta win in order to advance our cause. Yeah, Sean McGuire needs our help. Mike Norvell needs our help in every little facet that we can get better at not giving up 35 yards for no good reason. Well, it was crazy because it ends up being, obviously, whatever that was, a 72-yard punt, I think it was, uh, after the roll. Right. 72. Right. I mean, Jesus. And you look at the way momentum felt in that game. I, I'm a believer in momentum. I know that analytics heads will tell you it doesn't exist. For college kids... Confidence. I mean, look at confidence. Look at the difference between a confident team well, and, and tell me that momentum doesn't exist. Yeah, there's, they'll argue that confidence is a real thing and momentum is not. That's fine. Um, we get into sort of semantics yeah. of that. I mean, I, I, philosophy 2000 level I, class. Here I, you go. I do think, first of all, we all know confidence exists. We've all felt it in our own lives, whether it's giving a speech at a convention or whatever it might be. If you're, if yes. you're prepared situations affect yeah. confidence, and I, I would say that's the definition of momentum, is, is circumstances that, that stack up together affect your confidence level. That is momentum because it's perceived. If it's perceived, it's real. Yeah, it's um, it, it, this confidence is uh, – it, people are probably going to get tired of me talking about it, but I jumped off your couch this past Saturday, as I said before. when <laughs> I pretty comfy, too. When I saw it, it's a nice couch. Yeah, Me yeah. and the cats were just chilling. Um, but I jumped off your couch, and I was like, okay – all right, there it is. I've seen it because it was back-to-back short yardage plays, and you know the series I'm talking about. Right, yep. And I was, I mean, you'd have thought I was involved in the tackle. I was ready to chest bump. I mean, that was, well, was a big moment. There are three and four second developing plays oh, because it's yeah. like check, 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 make the play, and then it happened. Yeah. yeah Run yeah. fit, yes. Leverage, yes. Yep. Bouncing it, Trigger, stringing yes. it out. Yeah. Hit yeah. that son of a, yes. Yep. There it is. And the hit was nasty. It yeah. was like, yeah. oh, no. Well, Bradley can do that. 
Oh, he, can, he, he will can go run, downhill. He will run up and hit you. Right, the uphill thing. Yeah. He hit that kid so hard, I thought they were going to throw a flag. Was, yeah. Because they love yeah. to throw flags just um, anytime somebody gets hit hard. Um, but I was like, oh, you're going to throw the flag now? You feel bad for him? You're going to cry for him? You're going to throw that flag? They didn't. I was shocked. I was patronizing him. I was very <laughs> – because I was ready for it. They do it all the time. Tallahassee Game Day continues in a moment. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Tallahassee Game Day rolling on. We'll get to who's hot, who's cold in a moment. Uh, But I do want to say that um, you asked me yesterday, and I told you how I would check in with those emotions today. Still feel really good. The gut is intact, buddy. Despite myriad deficiencies, you feel okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. I well, feel- that got a little weaker. You went to, well, I think so. Listen, now. I'm never going to be emboldened to a place where I announce uh, emphatically that Florida State's going to win you know, big or anything like that. I mean, right now. I mean, this year, this team, this version. But you're still advising me to find a local grocery mart to get a bottle of Andre for three ninety nine, just in case. Dry as a bone. That's right. Bone dry. Bone dry. <laughs> bone dry champagne. Bone dry. For the long ride home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I am. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to get uh, I'll get some bone dry champagne on my way home today and uh, and be ready to celebrate the big win this afternoon over Syracuse. Yeah, I am advising so you. So I guess you'll be on the uh, email chain for the invite link to the postgame show because you'll, you'll uh, toast us. I'll toast you. All right. Make sure you send me on that email chain. All right, all right. Ready? Bone dry. Don't start too early. No, no, no. no. That's um, I'll, I'll be locked in watching details. Even if it's a rocking chair game, sir, don't do it. No, I mean those. Uh, you can get loose on the post game now. It's all right. I mean, well, that's right. Yeah. If as long as you have a driver, right? You know, I'm that's not okay. driving anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah, not driving. Yeah. So I'm you can driving, do whatever yeah. the hell you want. Who's hot? Who's cold? Is brought to you by Barano Heating and Air Conditioning, a longtime friend and partner of the Jeff Cameron Show. Turn to the experts at Barano Heating and Air Conditioning for all your heating and cooling needs. No matter what time of year it is, Barano will always be there for you. Head to BaranoAC.com or call 85, oh, excuse me, 580. That can't be right. That's correct. Yeah, we dropped the 850 for the local folks. They know it's 850. Oh, okay. 580-4029 today. 580-4029 today. There you go. Uh, I'm looking forward to... Uh, being able to turn on, and we're a ways away from this happening. The heat. Yeah, didn't you get a taste of something last weekend? Wasn't it cool outside? It was for very cool when you morning? were up in Kohler. Yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. Well, like, not, Tally, well, yeah, we sent some weather down. We, you we, did. It was in, unbelievable. Yeah, we, we bagged it up well, and you, it. No, it's true. It's true. It was the best week in a long, long time in Tallahassee while you were in Kohler. <laughs> I know. I wanted to be able to brag more about it. I'm like, it's, it's nice down there. Nice I can't really, I can't send the weather screenshot. Yeah, you send the shot, and I'm like, yeah, it's two degrees cooler there than it is here, pal. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was really, really nice. I was, even my brother in New Hampshire was shocked. He was like, really? I was like, yeah, it was the 50s this morning. I was like, what, what are we doing? This is good stuff. Oh, it's invigorating, man. Yeah, no, I was. I, we'll I, see it in six weeks. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a ways away. Uh, who's hot? Who's cold? Jay Sean Corbin's hot. There's no doubt, man. That guy is uh, putting up numbers. In fact, uh, this is an easy who's hot, who's cold. Jermaine Johnson on the other side of the ball, Tom, yep, uh, yep. is hot as well. And then as far as cold, ooh, that FSU passing game is shaky. Yeah, I'd say Robert Scott's health, that's cold. And hopefully Curry it gets Smith's a little bit health. warmer today mm-hmm. because um, there's some blow-bys akin to the 2018-2019 null offensive line. 
Uh, they're putting 52 at right tackle to kind of mitigate the problems, but it doesn't do much. So hopefully he is much more healthy this week. Uh, somebody else who is not too far behind, in fact, a half a sack behind Jermaine Johnson, who leads the country in sacks with six so far this season, yeah. is Cody Roscoe from Syracuse. So you've got a battle of two guys who are within a, a half point five sacks of each other. We'll see who comes out with the nation lead after this game. I'll also note this for Florida State's defense, and this is, again, if you can kind of clean up these details and not give up the big play, uh, you're really sound up front. You're really solid. The FSU is fifth uh, in the ACC, 30th nationally, uh, at 7.2 tackles for loss per game. Um, a lot of tackles for loss for Florida State this year. They do a good job of getting penetration, resetting the line of scrimmage, tackling in the backfield. I've been very impressed with that group up front. Um, and it is really just that front four because the linebackers aren't great, and we've said that it's a broken record, and then obviously we know what the back end has been. So, you know, it's that group up front that's been really good. We'll try and find some different keys for the defense for the defensive keys of the game segment. But, yeah, Sean Tucker is also somebody who is white hot because he is leading the na- – or, sorry, number two in the nation on FBS in rushing yards and then yards from scrimmage. And that's the game today. That's it right there. It's your front four being able to dictate terms against Syracuse offensive line and you hold Sean Tucker under a key number or a key yards per attempt, put it that way, because they're going to give him the ball if Liberty is any indication. That was a close game throughout. Yeah, they're going to give him the ball a He ton. had 34 totes. Yeah. So that is what you're looking at here is, is that number four and a half yards a carry, five yards a carry, or is it akin to what we've seen a lot of this season, which is two and a half and three yards a carry? Big, big difference. So to note here, and I know you know this because you watched the uh, way too much Syracuse football oh, in preparation for the piece you were doing. But they love to run, and, and this has been a new wrinkle uh, when they made the shift at quarterback. They, they'll run five or six times a game, that speed option. Yes. And, 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 and if he keeps, because you're not sound and come up and mm-hmm. put a hat on him, he's a big kid running the ball, getting into that second level. Yeah, they, they, can, they do inside zone, outside zone, speed option, mm-hmm. uh, the triple option with the jet action yeah, from the receiver, love, all that kind of stuff. Every team does the jet stuff, though. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, oh, that's why, yeah. yeah, I think these two offenses are mirror images, except for the fact that, Syracuse has a bruiser who can run at quarterback. That that's the principal difference. We can throw it better, but you know, again, it's it's mm. six of one, half a dozen of the other because it's not great against the the curve of college football itself. Uh, I mentioned Corbin being hot while we're doing hot and cold. Jay Sean Corbin has tied FSU's single season record of having two seventy five plus yard runs in the same year. I mean, uh, obviously he and Dalvin doing some things. Uh, right. That's yeah. anytime you're in that category, that's pretty remarkable. And well, his, you know, his average yards per rush we know is also up there because of those big chunk plays. And it should be noted, too, it's not like we're scheming up wide-open runs where he doesn't have to do anything himself. No, the jump I, cut that he makes guys miss in a very small window. Yeah, Correct. Yeah, his home run last week, it, it was well-schemed, and it was actually well-blocked. Yes, uh, it was. That was a, a rare occasion, but his inside zone, they, they, they put him in a position where he has to make one guy miss, and then you're helped up by Louisville's linebacker play, which was terrible in that game, especially in the second half. And it's a two-for-one. He makes two guys miss with one move because mm-hmm. linebacker's looking the wrong half of the field, and he's gone. Same thing with the home run against Notre Dame. You've got to make a safety miss in the hole. It, here's your chance. It's either going to be a gain of eight or it's going to be a house call. And it was a house call because he can make guys miss. So it's not like he, he doesn't have the ability to make somebody miss. And then we also know that this year we've learned the breakaway speed is real for Jay Sean Corbin. That's not – Yeah, that, he's back to being the not explosive a practice player. Myth. Yeah. He's, the, he's back to being the explosive player that went to Texas A&M and then and, and had that injury, obviously. And so we, that's... There are times you hear stuff about kids in, and, and the practice reports and, and the player-only workouts, and you're like, okay, well, I can't wait to see that. And it never pans out. In fact, it's never close to reality. 
we heard about Jay Sean Corbin's speed. I'm like, okay, we'll see. maybe to yeah. get a 30 yard run, right? Not home runs like he's capable of. So if you're a Syracuse fan today, then that's one thing you're worried about. He's strong too, man. That's a really strong guy. He's tough to get on the ground. So yeah, I do. I get excited about that. Uh, as far as one other side note here, we'll see. And it, this doesn't really fall in the category of who's hot, who's cold, but it is something of interest today. And I think for most Florida State fans, it is. Um, I just wonder with Mackenzie Milton. I was talking about the passing game being cold, and we were talking if he continues to show that physically he is he's held back um, because of that foot, and he can't do certain things. Um, you know, we all saw him just fall for no reason last week twice, uh, and he doesn't get a lot of his throws because of it either. How soon do you go to Chubba Purdy? Well, I think that depends on the health of Jordan Travis first. And so are you stuck in what is like swampland, right? And you're just up to your knees in it, and you can't lift your legs up in the air? Mm -hmm. Are you stuck between this forever going back and forth between those two quarterbacks, or do you cut bait at some point? Because Purdy did make the two deep this week. That is something yes, noteworthy he if yes, he you only pay attention on Saturdays and you don't tune into War Chance. Great coverage and our great broadcast throughout the week. What are you doing? You should be. But Chubba Purdy was listed second on the depth chart. Now, Jordan Travis did return to practice this week, so it could render that mood. And we learned our lesson earlier in the season against Wake Forest. Jordan was not a co-starter, and yet he got more time in the first half than McKenzie. So it might not make sense by the end of the day. But if you've got real problems with both of those guys through four drives, it might not be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I, I would, in fairness, I did not see practice this week, so I don't know how much he repped. And I know he was getting more and more time with the twos than he had at any other point. And I know that that means we're getting closer. So I think, you know, and it's, listen, it's not a, it's not a salve. It's not a cure-all. But it would be nice to have a functioning, able-bodied quarterback. Yeah, that's correct. The able-bodied part yeah. of it. The functional part of it. Yeah, you might be able to run some basic things with relative consistency. Mm -hmm. the, the one thing I'd say from watching camp, going back to the days where, you know, Chubba did get a lot more time, and that was uh, – you know, kind of a, a friction issue during camp about how we reported those things. But he can make a throw or two, and you go, oh, that's it. That's the guy. And and if it's his first throw or two, you're going to say, the Savior's here. We're good. And then <laughs> he'll make another throw or two, and you go, oh, he's god-awful. Just if he comes in the game, temper your expectations to be it's going to be inconsistent. But he can still make some plays, whereas if, if we're looking in the second quarter and nobody's making plays, he's probably the better option at that point. It's weird. I, it's a they're in a conundrum because you got winnable games here, and this is a winnable game. And, and starting him, for example, is not really a, a viable option right now. He doesn't seem like he's ready to to start a game. He's not good enough. He hasn't been good enough, anyhow. Oh, you'd be getting a lot more work with the ones in practice well, all week, correct. right? I mean, right. You have so, to. so it's not really an option. And then also, if if you lose this game, it's almost as if you would say you have to start him the rest of the way. Yeah, got to know what you have. Yeah, figure it out. Can he play or not? Yeah, you know, I mean, it'd be tough uphill climb for him because he'd be going in with this group, right? And on the road at North Carolina. Yeah, that's, but a, that's I, you know, they didn't show up anyway. Mac Brown had to challenge the fans, and how can you challenge fans after getting beat by Georgia Tech by twenty five? <laughs> that was who's hot, who's cold. Brought to you by Barano Heating and Air Conditioning. They have been a very long-time supporter of the Jeff Cameron Show, also Tallahassee Game Day, and all the stuff that we do, so we appreciate them very much. If you have heating or cooling needs, make sure you call BarinoAC.com uh, or go to BarinoAC.com or call 580 More Tallahassee Game Day in a moment.
Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Today's defensive keys to the game are brought to you by Zaxby's. No matter the result on the field, you're always a winner when you stop at Tallahassee area Zaxby's for the best chicken fingers, signature salad, or chicken sandwich today. Support those who support local businesses and FSU. That's been Zaxby's way of doing business for over 15 years. Defensive keys to the game, man. This is um, a talking point from going back to uh, the Monday show right after the Louisville loss. You know, being fundamentally sound and technique sound for the for the better part of that game the second half certainly um is what breathed life into uh, my talking points for the week because even in defeat it feel it feels an awful lot like maybe they they latched on to something and garnered confidence today will be a big test of that because if they're disciplined you'll see a lot of sacrifice being made here for others to make the tackle the run fits and that kind of stuff which were on display against Louisville, will have to be on display here. This is a, a, a Syracuse team that is dedicated to running the ball primarily. Um, it's what they do best. So you're going to get somebody who's dedicated to it, wants to do it, and does it pretty well. And so you have to be disciplined. You'll have to focus on your keys and then come up and trigger and, and, and play with some violence. And they did it a week ago. So it's in there. It's in them to do um, – I, I would I would think this is a game that is perfect for this defense to uh, to lock in on stopping the run and and putting Syracuse behind the chains the way teams have been able to put us behind the chains on first down our unbelievably low percentage of third and fourth down conversions um, are really the direct result of failing miserably on first down and that is what we have to do today to Syracuse get them at second and thirteen get them at third and seven or eight because I actually think this could be a game where the where, where the secondary Gets right. You could you could have a pick six today. You could have a couple of interceptions today. Syracuse doesn't throw it that well. Yeah, that's an alert point because Schrader will do the double pump thing. Remember when Sean McGuire first came in to uh, yes. play quarterback yes. at FSU? And we were like, no, 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 no. And that happened during the Clemson game. Mm. He was like, pump, pump, and then he'd still throw it to the same yeah, place. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, there are going to be opportunities if you want to cheat on a throw that you're going to be able to do so, especially if you can affect the quarterback. But I will ask you this question because it leads to an overriding point. If the defense does something akin to what it did last week, again, this week, that is to say they give up, I don't know, 24 points or 21 points in the first half, they look completely miserable for the first four drives, but then they recover and they play well again for two and a half quarters. Is that acceptable? No, unacceptable, completely unacceptable. The only way you get excited about this group is if there is real carryover from what was gained last week into the start of this game. If not, it's a mirage. It doesn't matter. It was born out of desperation. It was born out of perhaps uh, Louisville uh, not having the same mentality, whatever you want to say, but it won't be believable, and that'll be the last time that I'm ever fooled by this group uh, under Adam Fuller. Okay, so then that leads to the overriding point, which is it's now or never. It's now or never. This is it. Yeah, I mean... I mean, they're going to play other games, but yes. But you know what I mean. Yeah, sure. It, it, the conversation surrounding Adam Fuller today, it's its now you better parlay what we believe to be momentum into reality because if you don't, even the people who are willing to stick this far down the road with Adam Fuller, I think you're going to leave. They're going to leave his side. Would you agree that that's fair? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think that in this is interesting because we've preached continuity 
we've preached patience. Um, understanding that Florida State cannot continue to have to start at square one over and over and over again. And every time you blow it up, you're starting all over again. You lose your recruiting class when you fire coaches. You lose a lot. Um, and then you got to start with a new message and another guy comes in and he's got to put his hands on the program. And it's just, it's, it's, we can't keep doing this. But I, that does not mean that Florida State, for the, from this game on, it doesn't mean that Mike Norvell isn't evaluating the staff very closely. Uh, and I think there are some guys coaching for their jobs. I believe that. I believe that there's a, uh, a distinct possibility two or three guys get replaced if, if this continues. Not on Monday, you're saying. Just oh, of in, course not. Yeah, it's yeah. stupid to fire people in the middle of the year unless there's some sort of outrageous act being perpetrated by a coach. Like you know? a quit. Yeah. You know, from the team, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, what happened at uh, UConn where the team just stopped listening to their coach? Right. And right. it was seen on the sideline while he was talking to them. They're like, get the hell away from me. Like, that, 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 that can't happen. But short of that, you're not going to fire people in season. Doesn't do you any good. And, and I hope that doesn't happen. I'm tired of having to start over. Adam Fuller knows defense. But that's not all there is to being a good coach. Merely having the knowledge is a basic requirement. Sure, he has the acumen for the game. But being able to implement it, teach it, and have kids execute it, that's the job of the coach. So if there is a massive disconnect for whatever reason, and I don't really care. It's not my job to care what the reason is. If there's a massive disconnect and those kids aren't understanding what they're being asked to do and they're not routinely put in a position to succeed or they screw it up, whatever it might be, then you're going to have to make a change, period. So, yes, at some point you got to carry over successes from one week to the next. You know, the offensive stuff that we talk about all the time, Tom, a lot of that – I. I'm not worried about Dillingham. I think he's a little immature, but I'm not worried about his acumen for the game. And after all, Mike at any point could just take over that play calling and do all those things anyhow. And he, he should. He yeah. often does, and that's fine. Um, so I'm not worried there. A lot of their deficiencies, a lot of their ineptitudes are born directly out of not having playmakers in an offense that's designed for playmakers. They don't have any. <laughs> they got two at running back, but again, they're contingent on a group up front that just can't block and you don't have quarterback play right now and I get why you took the chance that you did you needed to go out and bring in Mackenzie Milton if he would come because the thought being that if he's back close to being 100% we've seen him play well in big games against good competition and he was going to be better as a passer if he's healthy we thought than anybody you had on your roster problem is uh, he's not healthy and that, that hasn't worked. But I get why you took the risk. And Jordan didn't take the step we thought he was going to take. Practice turned out to be uh, just that. He was a really, it was like being a really good player on the range. Trying to carry it out and onto the golf course is very different than hitting balls on the range. And Jordan Travis got into a game and couldn't throw it. I mean, just wasn't real good at throwing the ball. I remember that's the one thing when we were at the Libations Fest and saying hello to our listeners and, and War Chance subscribers. When I was talking about Jordan, the, the thing I'd always say at the end of the conversation was, now, if he can do what he's shown in camp, you're going to see a completely different player. But there was always the, if he can bring that if he to can the bring field, it, right. when the jersey's no longer green and you're live, that's the important thing. But, yes. Yeah, so uh, at the end of the day, I, I mean, they, they are held back by some of the 
personnel deficiencies on offense. The defense, you can say that about the linebackers, but really nowhere else. I mean, they've got good players, athletes in that secondary, and they've got real good players up front in that front four. So, and they have a pass rush. They've so, got some athletes in the secondary. There might be a good player or two. But, no, but I'm I saying they've the, got real good athletes in that yeah, secondary. Yeah, athletes, yes. But players, that's where the yeah. development comes in, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think they've got good players back there. They're not always making good plays. They're not playing well. That directly points to the coach, right? right? I mean, right. I, we get angry about that. I, I think they got players back there. So we talked a bunch about it earlier on. That's why I'm not going to harp on it for too long. But that Sean Tucker is the Syracuse offense. They, they have other running backs, but they, they really focused on him and him alone in the Liberty mm-hmm. game. So instead of that being the key of stopping him, which we talked about. But that is the biggest key. <laughs> but a, a different one is that Mike Norvell needs to stay on the headset. Because if we have a couple of good plays in a row, Mike, listen to the third down call. Let's make sure it makes sense. Mike, at the end of halves, let's listen to the calls. It comes in from the defensive coordinator to the you defense. Don't, you, you don't want the kid with one working foot to, to try to give it a go on fourth and two? Or, well, I'm talking about the defense, third and 17. Oh, I'm sorry. Or, yeah, I you were no, <laughs> no, I'm saying micromanage the other side. Yeah. If, if Fuller, he doesn't like you a little bit after the game is over because, God, give me a second to breathe. Nope, nope, you haven't earned that. So, Mike, keep on the defensive channel when we're on the field. Keep the mic hot in case you need to say something. Like, no. <laughs> no. No, we're not doing that. Something else. Well. Just be alert. Because you can't. That's the one thing I think unequivocally we can agree on about Coach Fuller so far is just in case. You might want to hedge your bets here and, and be alert in case you got to change a call. Use a timeout, whatever it is. Really quickly, uh, God Rama. Uh, name? Yeah. Hey, man, y'all convinced Travis Hunter to sit out the rest of the season. He got banged up last night. Yeah, we, we broached this subject in the first hour, and we did say, that's all. That's all. We know you can play. We, we don't need you yeah, out there playing enough. anymore. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I'll put point this out on the chat here. Greg writes, I think something besides football is going, with Travis, going on with Travis J that's affecting his, field, his play on the field. I would, I would echo that. I think that's true. Yeah. But, um, I, I, would, I, I think that's accurate. Uh, I actually, uh, all I'll say about that situation is uh, I'm rooting for that kid. That's all I'll say. Damn, okay. So, he, yeah, it's um, it's just been a tough go for him. And and, and, I, and I, I wonder, because that is a really good athlete, period. Yeah. He is an unbelievable athlete. Yeah, you know make him feel better? Wide receiver. That's right. I agree. Or they snap the ball to him. I know, I'm, I'm serious about that. And I've been serious about that. Since snap the, the ball to him, let him throw it up and run underneath it. Let's go. Yeah, I... I to me, honestly, again, let's over and over again say every week on this show and others, uh, let's go ahead and get him the ball on the offensive side. I, I really believe you could do that. He's not playing well enough for you at corner. For that, that, that's correct. For whatever reason. 100% correct. So, you, I mean, I'd love to see it. Um, he's a real good he's, – Well, he's you got to turn him into something athlete. at some – like if, if by the end of the season, let's just say you want to play the long game, if by the end of the season he's not making plays in the secondary that are commensurate to his athletic ability. We did the same thing with Carlos. Well, I was just about to say Carlos Williams was Safety, all over the place. Safety, linebacker, linebacker, running back. He went to the NFL as a running back, and he was one of the most explosive backs before there were problems. that He took himself out of the league. Yeah, he it wasn't a lack of ability. out of the league is what he did, yeah. But remember, for Buffalo, I mean, he was like a 35-yard touchdown a week. Carlos – was arguably one of the five best athletes that have ever come through Florida State. That's how that's how freakish. That's he was. a statement. That's how freakish he was. Because Randy Moss came through these hallways. Well, for about an hour. Yeah. 
Go go look it was at a fun that. hour for Randy. Go go watch him again on that kick return. Oh, which one, Miami? The, or, or, or yes, you can look at that one or the national. Oh, championship. the national championship, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody that big should ever run that fast. Yeah, that is unreal. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really look like he's trying very no, hard. No, he's just uh, he's just he's just running. happy. He's just happy running. We're gonna score. I'm going to catch Kermit. I'm going to catch Kermit, and I'm 250 pounds. (laughs) It's just insane. It's unreal. Tallahassee Game Day continues in a moment. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Today's game predictions are brought to you by Lane's Medical Shop with locations in Colquitt and Donaldsonville. Lane's Medical Shop offers all your medical supply needs. They even have delivery and emergency services available. Lane's Medical Shop, 229-758-9111. Tell them Jeff Cameron and Warchant.com sent you for a half-off discount. Thank you, Lane's. Well, what do you think? Uh, 27-24 sounded good earlier in the week to me. Yeah. I'm going to go 27-21. I'm going to change it. I reserve the right. So then the race is to 22 is what you're saying. 22 points is good enough God, to get the job seems done. so low it in does. a modern game of football, man, with everything being um, with everything being geared towards offenses. It, it is, it's hard to imagine that that um, will be the number. But, yeah. I mean, again, I don't think these two teams throw it very well. Uh, I think they both want to run it. They'll shorten the game that way. And, uh, yeah, I think both defenses will have their fair share of success stopping the run. Okay, so the two most likely outcomes are close win Florida State, close win Syracuse, in no particular order. Like, who yeah. is more likely to win by multiple scores in this game? Who has the better chance to do that, us or Syracuse? I, I know this is a cop-out answer. I think it's equal. I, I, I really don't see. Jeez. I know, it's a cop-out answer. The army of chickens are not amused. I don't listen. I don't really see any. I don't see either one of these teams running away from the other. I really don't. Um, I My, mean, it, you you the scenario you're describing would mean that Florida State comes out again flat on defense, and then that's the death knell, where they've just that's it. They're bereft of hope, and they stop fighting. Then you you know I mean that, that's how blowouts happen. People just you know go through the motions. But I just don't see that today. I, I don't see that at all. I think if one team is going to win by multiple scores, it's going to be us, believe it or not. And that's not Garnet Gold Glasses talking. I'm just the explosiveness factor. I think Syracuse might get one on us. Everybody does. So I think they might get one. But if you're looking for opportunities to have to make multiple explosive plays happen, I think this running game is the one that could do that, even with the hurt offensive line. Now, my caveat to that is let's not try to do perimeter stuff. Syracuse is impressive at getting downhill in their own right. These are mirror image teams in a lot of ways, but... You have to window dress, though, Tom. I've watched Rutgers and Liberty move uh, Syracuse defensive line three and four yards beyond the line of scrimmage and surge. I bet they're both better offensive lines than Florida State's. How much better? Oh, probably appreciably. Rutgers and Liberty. Rutgers gave Michigan all they could handle last week. Now... I'm wondering about Michigan, but yeah. but... Look at us. <laughs> I so I'm just telling you, yeah, I think Rutgers' offensive line's better than Florida State's. Yes, but this is a point that Corey makes. We're routinely getting into the three and four hundreds in terms of total yardage on offense, and that's not all garbage time. That's not a all lot the product of, it, of garbage. A time. lot of it is, though. A lot of it is not all, but a lot of it is. Um, a lot of it's after a team is up on us big, and they go into a bit of a shell. 
and Florida State's able. And also, by the way, I think teams are willing. They don't want to give up big plays, and they have occasionally. But they're willing to, especially with a big lead, let you go up and down the field between the 20s because we stink in the red zone. Right, yeah. That's a problem. Need to get better in the red zone. Jalen's prediction is 17-12 Knowles win. Ugly game, uglier score. That feels so appropriate. I like it. I'll take it. I mean, I That's a touchdown, a field goal, and a safety for Syracuse, by the way. Let's go. I'll take that score. I'll take that game. I'll take that win. I'll get the hell out of Dodge and smile and rest easy with a W. Our pal Ryan says 24-13 Qs. Oh, dear God. You know why that would stink? It's because that means the defense played all right. Yeah. And so you're going to be stuck in, in limbo with the defense take, and then we're going to have to think about how bad the offense is for a week before we travel up to Chapel Hill, if that if that's what actually came to pass. Well, one of the reasons Ryan is talking about Syracuse winning the game um, – oh, by the way, Adrian Martinez could start for FSU at quarterback. Yes, that's how bad it is. He's actually – they from, bounced back, didn't they? Well, they lost last week in a game they should have won, uh, but he had a big bounce back for about four weeks in a row. I was stunned. After watching that game against Illinois, I, I swore him off for life. But um, he's actually played pretty well for them. Uh, but one of the reasons I'm getting back to this, that Ryan was citing that he had 24-13 Qs winning, it is an area of concern for me. He was talking about the pass rush getting to Milton. I am worried about that. I, I'm, that's why, really, the emphasis on the run game and winning first down is is really important. Well, it's about the pass rush and how many bodies are committed because they can just rush three, and if that gets home, well, which it might, which it might. Well, then you can't. But but you're people. happy if well, of course, yeah. But but you said throughout the week that you're happy if Q's brings pressures because it oh, speeds please, up, speeds him up. Yes, McKenzie with a sped up internal yeah, clock good is thing. quite good. Yeah, he actually is because he knows pre snap where he wants to go based on the look that he sees, and if he if he is able to diagnose pressure. Now, listen, he, he had a couple problems last week holding on to the ball too long and in the wake of uh, some of those rushes, which really pissed me off. But there is a stretch there where he's operating very efficiently on time, as I always say, throw from whence they came. He did a lot of that for a stretch of about, I don't know, two or three series there where the offense got moving, throwing the ball. And it wasn't just like hot route stuff. I mean, he knew where to go. I was very impressed in those moments. He hasn't been able to sustain anything. No real high level of play. Uh, he doesn't have a good arm either. So uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring pressure and and he can get the ball out of his hands on time in rhythm, you know, intermediate to short routes, yeah, he can he can do that. That's what he can do. All right, we'll go to a larger point for predictions. It's not just about this game. If you had to, now I'm not advising anybody to do this, but if you had to bet the mortgage and the college fund on a result today <laughs> oh, on a result game? nope nope no nope. oh, any, any game any game i don't know that i have one this week that i feel that great about tom um i've got games that i'm picking because that's what i do but i don't nothing is uh, so there could be chaos today because i if something in the air man not that like arkansas is going to be georgia outright or anything like that but i mean you look at uh what's the other the old miss alabama game that could get dicey for alabama it could. Uh, that could get dicey for Alabama, and it's a fun— Kentucky-Florida um, could get dicey for Florida. We'll see. I doubt it. Uh, Kentucky's defense hasn't been great. I don't see that defense holding up against Florida's rushing attack. That that, Yeah, I, I don't see what, that. You liked that game three weeks ago more than you, you do now? Uh-huh. 
I've really paid attention to Kentucky because I do like that they throw the ball down the field now. You can, get, you can win overs with Kentucky. I've been winning overs with Kentucky, but I, I don't love them defensively. This is a bad year for them to not be great defensively because they, they do some other things well, finally, on offense. Yeah. But, yeah. Almost Alabama is a fun game. I, I really love that game. That totals at 80 points. That's, do you think it goes over? Well, it cruised over last year. I know that. It was crazy. Ten. It's always hard to bet any game like that with a number that high. I, I, I'm not. Uh, but the noon game, by the way, as we get ready to sign off here, Arkansas-Georgia is the noon game. I'm very eager to watch that game. I think Arkansas wins it. But I'm also eager to watch it, and i got to see Cincinnati at 2.30 against Notre Dame. I'd like mm-hmm. to see that game uh, because I do think they instantly go in there able to shut down an entire aspect of Notre Dame's offense because Notre Dame can't run the ball. And it's interesting. Cincinnati right. plays really good run defense. So they come in basically one-handed. Uh, well, Notre Dame might be able to win that game. They've got—I forget the kid's name—but they've got a running quarterback as well. It might yeah, be a the, day for him uh, rather it, than Cone. Yeah, maybe uh, the third-string quarterback is the kid that came in last week, uh, Kine or whatever his name was. Okay, and, yeah, yeah, he came in. He's five eleven. What are we? Oh, doing? That's not the kid. I'm, maybe the the running quarterback's hurt. But I remember they used him against Akron. The thing about Notre Dame is they've got all you know, wake up the echoes and all that stuff. But teams go into that building and play them tough a lot. All like, the time. No name teams, you know. Yes. So like today, Cincinnati, of course, is a, t- a top ten program. They're predicted to win. Akron can go in there, you know, and, right. and give them a, a run. Or Navy routinely goes in there and give them a run for their money. You see it all the time. So I, that place is not as fearsome as it's been over, you know, over the, the generations. So that could be a score that maybe in the second quarter, third quarter, you go, oh my god, Cincinnati came for blood today. I wouldn't be shocked by that. I think Miss, I talk about a game that people are not going to want to watch, but maybe I will because I'm, I guess, a masochist. Uh, Michigan at Wisconsin. I'm going to oh watch. Oh, my God. I know. You are a masochist. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to watch it. On that note, goodbye, YouTubers. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, YouTubers. Good to be with you. Uh, we'll sign up for the radio group in a moment. No, I'm going to. I'm going to watch that game. <laughs> I see you laughing at me. I, yes, that's an. Un, I'd never expected you to say you wanted to watch that game. I really Big do. Ten. Whole lot of hitting going on there, man. Whole lot of offense deficient, uh, hard hitting defense. There you go. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna watch it. That's coming up at noon. Can't wait. I'm gonna race home to watch. I gotta go get my Andre. <laughs> Bone dry. Bone dry. Good work, Matthew. Good work, Tom. Thanks to everybody on WarChant TV and all the radio listeners on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. We appreciate you. Thanks to Zaxby's. Good job. Thanks to all of you. Go Knowles! Let's get this one, guys. Let's talk about a win on Monday. Let's talk about a win in the postgame show with T. Lizzie and Gene Williams Woo-hoo. 10 minutes after <laughs> it's over. Yeah, let's talk about a victory. Go Knowles!